Welcome back to the Zero Podcast. I am your host, Denny Dumont, producer Carl. We're going to start with a question. Let's go. Carl, we want to get to know you better. What's the, what's the question today? Um, well, you just mentioned that you were born in Italy, so there's a fun fact. Yep. Question of the day for Carl. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Bubblegum, 100%. And it's so hard to find. It's so hard to find. Sounds like you've searched. <laughs> when was the last time you found it? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you go to like specialty ice cream places and they have it like randomly, but like in a store, like Safeway or whatever, you'll, you're never, you're never going to find it. Did you know that a Rocky Point ice cream is opening just down the street? From my place? No, right here. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Literally block Do they away. have bubble gum? Uh, they're not open yet. They're doing rentals, but they're going to be open. So Ooh, check it out in a couple months when they open, we can get a pre ice or pre podcast ice cream. That sounds good. <laughs> Our guest today. This is exciting. You got a lot of shit going on, Ashley. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, that's a nice way of saying it. No. <laughs> How would you say it? I don't know. You're a mom. Yes. You host a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yoga instructor. It's a lot of shit. It's decent. Even just being a mom is a lot of shit. So ad- adding on top of that, a business and a podcast. It's, uh, it's special. Let's just put it that way. And when it rains, it pours. And I chose to rain on myself. That sounds terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's life. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background. More like pre-yoga instructor days. Yes. So I've only been teaching for about two years. I say only. about me. I'm a Vancouverite born and raised. Um, I've lived a bit in Greece and Montreal. And like our friend Carl, I'm Italian and Austrian. Not like that has to really to do anything within the past 10 years. Um, I worked at Lululemon for eight years. So that was a huge part of shifting my life and to where I am. And what else about me? In Vancouver? Yeah. So I've held a total of six different jobs when I worked for the company. I was also a bit of a boomerang. So I left and came back twice. No, I've quit three times now. Yeah. And hey, guess what? You can always go back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, lastly, I was working at the Coquitlam store. And when my mat leave was up... Uh, they actually made me an ambassador. So I'm still tied to Lululemon and they've been a huge part of my success in my current career. Um, before yoga, I actually like tried yoga 10 years ago and didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. I originally joined yoga to meet friends, which then I quickly realized um, you don't talk in yoga. <laughs> so that idea went out the window and I was like, oh, maybe I can try Pilates. Nope, same shit. So... I left that, went back to lifting weights, and then I got heavy into boxing. So I've had a couple of amateur Ooh. fights. Wow, really? Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, can you pull that up on YouTube, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of my one of my fights is on YouTube. Wow. Yep. The chick who I fought posted it, and that was like my glory days. So two amateur fights. It somehow made me ranked fourth in the province for my weight class at that time. Um, but that's I'm also assuming you won both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Going out on top, eh? Two and oh, I'm not. Okay. Oh my gosh. So high school was like, what, 15 years ago? I'm assuming like we're all around the same age. Um, and do you remember when there was big strikes in schools? Mm-hmm. And so... We, so we went to a private high school. So uh, we didn't get to take advantage of those strikes. But we, okay. we remember. We remember. Yeah. We remember. Oh, yeah. We're still bitter about them. <laughs> so when there, I was in grade... 
2012 when there was the strikes and I used to do a lot of wrestling and I was the shittiest wrestler in the entire world. Like gangly as fuck, just (laughs) didn't know what I was doing. But because there were the strikes and a lot of schools cut this um, after school programs and sports first, I made it to provincials. (laughs) So I kind of think of it as the same way with my boxing. I was like, I'm as named number four in the province. There was a strike of adults. (laughs) Anyways. What, what voice was that? Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> creepy a little bit. I also enjoy on my own podcast, like talking into the microphone. <laughs> do you ever do characters? No. No? Well, I think Except we just had today. a character right there. <laughs> There's one, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Boxing I don't even life? remember the question. I'm just obsessed with that voice you just did. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, this one time. At Bandcamp, I was on a podcast, which no longer exists. And um, I mean, I've recorded my own podcast, but I haven't ever really been on one. So I was really nervous. And so I just remember he'd ask a question and be like, like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And I'd be like, steak. (laughs) So I hope today is not a steak day. (laughs) Seems to be flowing a little bit smoother than that. Okay, great. I want to start fairly heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. And not that I know much about your history, but I've read a little bit of your bio on your website. And one of our previous guests named Megan, who works in the mental health field, talks about the big T, so big traumas. And I was going through one at the time, so I shared my story and we just kind of talked about it. But sounds like you've had two recently. So I want to... God, that's my trauma. Bring them up. Huh? Oh my God, what's my trauma? Well, one, uh, ending a marriage. Oh, yeah. No shit. And I yeah. would classify postpartum depression as a trauma. Oh, yeah. How about let's talk about childbirth as a trauma? Holy okay, shit. We're not going to go there. We're not going to talk about the afterbirth <laughs> and placenta. But I, I mean, if you want to. I have nieces and nephews, so I've heard the stories a few times. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, like let's go, let's go full tilt boogie. It's, let's just say the past two years have been a shit show and it has rained and poured and been sunshine and rainbows. Um, And childbirth was like one major great experience that taught me a lot about resiliency of the human body Mm. and elasticity. But then also, like, through that, there was so much with bringing a child into this world that I wasn't emotionally prepared for or that I thought I would be facing. So let's start off with the first trauma, which is the ending of the relationship. Um, And I want to be mindful and be able to share eloquently without my ex getting pissed at me. Totally. I think that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a fine line with that. And especially because I'm currently going through it. So I just want to be careful for financial reasons. But yeah, I don't know. I think there was a lot of shit that went sideways both on both sides. And I always take the point of view that like I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Everything is my fault. I put myself in a situation that was shitty. And so now I have to deal with the consequences. Not that I'm like I would ever blame on her even Mm -hmm. though there was some mistakes on her side too but i just always think of it from my point of view as i put myself in the situation now i have to deal with it Mm -hmm. it's fairly refreshing to have that mindset 
whenever you're blaming other people and basically thinking that your life is out of your control, it's a downward spiral, I think. And I think like for me, that's the way I was for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Once um, shit was really starting to hit the fan and it all started coming down, I want to say, there was a lot of blame that I was putting on him. And also like rightfully so anyone who says i love you but i'm not in love with you uh make that three weeks postpartum yeah no shit i'm gonna be pissed off (laughs) no shit i'm gonna go into a deep dark spiral of postpartum depression and try and save my marriage um and that marriage was not the right one and i didn't know it in the moment and i was trying desperately to save it and raise a human and deal with my own thoughts of suicide and not being enough um that yeah i was i was okay with being angry for a very long time especially with how quickly he moved on which made me start to get angry all over again um but what i realized as well was that hey i have so much freedom now in being able to start fresh um i get to create what my life is going to look like i get to move forward and podcast because i started podcasting two months after giving birth you know i started teaching right away afterwards so like i had these great abilities because of this relationship that i was in even though it was ending um but that gave me the freedom to be able to go out and do really cool shit with my life and be there for my daughter which was like obviously the best part um so yeah first trauma when that marriage pretty much ended three weeks after giving birth my world was upside down and how could I function how can I try and like essentially try and make this person love me while my body is like my tits were so swollen and stretched (laughs) like they looked like big old fake Pamela Anderson titties and like I'm I'm flat like I'm a sporty girl so I was like I've got giant boobs and there's a child sucking on them and then they're bleeding and then the rest of my body is totally changing but then like love me husband anyways shit show hormones it's a thing um where was I going with that hormone shit show trauma on his part was not ideal yeah, how, how did that... Weeks? Oh, dude. Oh, was dude. It, uh, how long before that did you notice that it was sideways? I started to... Like, I started having, like, a gut feeling that something was off when I was pregnant. So roughly a little less than a year. Yeah, so I was starting to feel like, hey, something's not right. Like, you know when someone's pulling away from you. You know when they're not 100% in it with you. They're not in the trenches like you need them to be. And I was starting to notice that. And I also wanted to give space because like, I'm very much like, pay attention to me. And so, yeah, of course, like they're dealing with the fact that they're about to have a new human that they're responsible for. I'm about to go through a major life change. So yeah, there things are going to change. The relationships and the dynamics are always going to be evolving. But there was something in my gut was like, mm, this isn't right. And then when I was talking to my other girlfriends and I was like, you know, thinking about the way I've seen their husbands treat them and certain things they would do, I wasn't necessarily seeing that in my relationship. Um, And through that, and like even after I gave birth, and I I was one who brought up the questions being like, hey, like what's going on? You don't seem to be like emotionally present. You're not here with me when I need you. And then that's when it started to come out. And then my gut was like, whoa, you need help. Like I can't do all of this on my own. And so obviously I called him like my friends, my family, my support group to be able to support me the way I needed to. Hi, new human. Um, 
And then, yeah, the relationship kept on changing. Like we were trying to go to therapy. We were working, we were working on it, but nothing was really changing. And for me, I kept on pouring from an empty cup over and over and over again. And I was so fucking depleted that it came point in time where it's like, this isn't, no matter how hard I try, it's not being met. So like why, I know the love that I am de- deserving of. And I know that there is someone out there who will kiss my feet and give me all the back rubs and be the emotional support that I need. Um, And that just wasn't the relationship anymore. And then once we finally came to it, when I was like, well, I'm not going to beat a dead horse anymore, it it almost felt like there's a weight lifted. And then to see how quickly he moved on after we moved apart was like, oh, yeah, my gut was right the whole time. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I'd wait, like I'd way rather be single and navigating this new life than to try and be forcing a relationship that wasn't the right relationship to begin with. I'm assuming the answer is being pregnant, but like when you start having those thoughts, what is pulling you back and saying, maybe it's just a bad day. Maybe it's just a bad week. Like, let's keep trying. Oh my God. Like sheer blind love. You look at someone and the person who you marry, you see that person as being your one soulmate. This is your person for life. This is this is it. This person ticked all the boxes. They were right for me. And I knew that this was a person I wanted to marry. But just because this is the person who I married doesn't necessarily mean that is the person that they stayed. Mm-hmm. And I wish him the best of luck in his new life and everything that he's doing and I'm very clear that we are on two completely different paths from what we originally signed up for and what we wanted to be doing because what he's doing now is not at all in line with the the goals that we saw our life going towards Hmm. and for me I'm like whoa I've been on like an uphill trajectory for my success and my growth and just being able to like use my voice as a bigger platform to get people mental health support to be doing what they need to be doing in their bodies so that they're happy and i'm like fucking recording cool podcasts so yeah there's i just felt like that love for what we had and the idea of what i had for marriage was really what kept me going and i also thought hey if we can get through this we can get through anything because if you can get through that after giving birth fuck bring it on you know, we want, I want someone who's the Starsky to my hatch. <laughs> Wait, I like just there's nodded. There's a ton of good analogies yeah. in the next hour like that. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. All the analogies I have for my little one. She's like the hall to my oats. How old is she? She's 22 months. Cool. What's her name? Eden. Eden. She's fucking dope. <laughs> Show me. Have, are you? Are we friends on Instagram? Like beyond Kilter and Mint? Like my Ash Blues account? Uh, okay that's fine that's fine I, no i don't know i don't know <laughs> um because i post wicked videos of her yeah and she's got this sweet personality she's just oh and it was hard because like trauma number two as of eight seconds ago i follow you but you don't follow me okay great well i don't follow you back <laughs> well i have my phone on airplane mode because i don't want to be a dick um yeah trauma number two like i want to ask one more question uh, 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 with the marriage ending what what was was there like a point that you remember that was just like okay we have to move away from each other now because for me there was such a specific one moment what was your one moment uh something she said so 
I had a lot of the same feelings. Obviously, I was not pregnant. So that obviously adds a different dynamic for you. Yeah. But I had a lot of the same moments of just feeling like I'm grinding my head or hitting my head against the wall and just trying things over and over and over and getting nothing back and mm-hmm. just feeling that like mentally she was checked out a long time before. And this was like a year and a half. It was a long time. Uh, <laughs> the moment that made me realize and like flicked a switch and I was the same as you thinking you know marriage is something supposed to last forever I have to get through this I need to be the one that is the backbone sure Mm -hmm. maybe she's battling some other stuff that I need to be supportive of whatever whatever Uh, but there was this one moment where she said to me uh, it was in like a little bit of an argument but she's just like I don't even like being around you anymore and she left and went and hung out with her friends and so like that night I was like Craigslist I need to find something to move out to and it was like four days later I moved out (laughs) wow yeah I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It is what it is. Oh, it still sucks. Oh, it was really shitty. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, we've been apart for a little over a year now. And the last year has been like the best 12 months of my life. In terms of like being myself, I feel like I'm never going to hold... Do you feel like you're back home? I feel like I'm never going to sacrifice who I am ever again. Yes. I'm never going to play small. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be someone's perfect little housewife. Yeah. You know, I think actually, now that you say it, there's some, there's a lot of conversations that we played when oh, you yeah. were, when we were sharing that, what's appropriate for me to say, um, there's this one point where we were eating out a lot or using DoorDash and whatnot. And he, he, something he said along the lines of like, you're home all day. Like, of course you should be making dinner. And for me, I'm like, you, you married a fighter. You married a boss ass bitch. <laughs> I'm not staying home and cooking you dinner. Like I'm out doing my thing. I'm I'm living. And I was like, oh yeah, this is not the marriage for me. Because like, no, this like to me, where's the equal partnership in a relationship? Whereas, you know, I'm not gonna cook dinner every night. Plain and simple. And you're not cooking out of principle because you think that I should be. Well, that's that's not going to work. So that became very clear that I was like, okay, our relationship is very much done. I feel like as soon as you start um, expecting things from the other person, it's screwed. Mm-hmm. So well, I thinking, mean, or like thinking I'm doing this, they should be doing at least this. Yeah. And there were some interesting power, like power dynamics. Like a lot of the reason why I was able to start a podcast and pursue teaching yoga as my career was because of how financially supportive he was and how he did want me to spend time with our daughter and be able to have that quality time with her from an early age. And I recognize now that, hey, that relationship's not there anymore. How am I generating revenue and income to be able to support myself long term? Hmm. Um, so hey if you have any job openings for real estate let me know no just kidding I I don't know shit about real estate Um, I didn't five years ago okay cool you're not literally zero (laughs) such as life as a Vancouverite totally Um, yeah I had a thought yeah there's a lot there's a lot I could talk about stories all day about this and I how old are you now I'm 29 Okay, so we're, we're ish, same age. Carl, how old are you? Same age. Okay. Oh, right, you went to high school. So I'm 32. And for me, I think that was like, I was like, maybe I can be that 
housewife. Maybe I can be like a little bit more like domesticated and put together or whatever it is you're looking for. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a sweaty human being. Yeah, if you have to change who you are, it's not going to work. No, Yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not going to fit into anyone's box. Um, I do know that a question that you ask all your guests and you didn't ask me was like, what are my words to describe myself? And uh, my my answer would be brash. That's been my word for 2019. Okay. And it's unapologetic, middle fingers up, this is me. Perfect for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so I'm like, whatever relationship I'm going into, I'm gonna continue being brash ash or brashly, <laughs> whatever you want. That's hilarious, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a more aggressive way of describing what I described. And being like, I'm not sacrificing who I am. You're just like brass, brash ash. Brash ash. Fuck it. Yeah. You're doing me. Exactly. <laughs> Carl, what's your word for 2019? Oh, God. On the spot. Um, hope. Is that a good one? It's you tell quite us. spiritual. I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> just want to have a positive outlook for the year, I guess. Yeah. I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. What about you? Brash. Brush. Yeah. yeah. You? Okay. Pro, uh, I haven't thought about one word, but I would say either gro- growth or optimism. Growth meaning like, <clears throat> I talk about this all the time. Every day I want to improve personally and professionally. So I want to do things that help our business every day. And I want to do things that help me grow individually every day. So growth, cool. I guess. Great. I like it. All right. Trauma, trauma number two. Trauma number two, my favorite trauma. Okay, obviously as a male who has not had a child, I'll likely never have a child. I'm very curious because I don't know much about the psychology behind postpartum. Yeah. So I'm super curious. I'll let you kind of do your thing. But great. not that I have insightful questions to ask detail-wise. You know what? I'm more just curious. I think that's even better because some of the questions I get asked, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was like, of course, I'm not going to suffer from postpartum depression. <laughs> I'm a yoga teacher. Like, I'm so zen and so calm. Like, my childbirth, I'm not even going to scream. It'll be a, and the baby <laughs> will come into this world. No, I was screaming my face off. They gave me fentanyl. Shit got real. Um, But yeah, so like, as I said before, this shit was going down with my husband at the time. And that's when I started to clue in. People were like, oh, it's baby blues. It's baby blues. Because I was just feeling kind of sad, like all the time, Mm -hmm. like crying on the floor and couldn't get up. And I also had this feeling where like, everyone told you when you give birth, you know, it's like a scene out of a Huggies ad and they put the baby on the mom and they were just like, oh, I love you. And for me, I was like, cool, it's a human. Now what? What am I supposed to do now? Because so it, it's like you didn't have that connection right away. Yeah. Yeah. I... And I think a lot of moms are ashamed to say that, but it happens a lot more than I hear you it's think. It's pretty common. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you were inside of me and I felt you kicking, but now you're here and now you need to like be on me 24 7 and i just didn't feel like that initial love and i feel like an asshole for saying it but it's true and it took me like dealing with like oh my god is is it because i've had a child that my marriage is ending like what did i do wrong was this the right decision so then i was like oh shit but it's baby blues so is this normal was it a feeling that you thought you would have right away yes 
you, so you went into it thinking that like, once this thing is out of me, I'm going to be hugging it and I'm going to feel this. Yeah. And, and I'm, there's going to be a fucking rainbow over my head and the heavens are going to be singing going, oh, it's love. Wasn't the case. Being stitched up None down the there. the nurses nope. for you? No. No, no singing. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to the nurses at... In angel costumes. Yeah. The nurses at Royal Columbian, you're fantastic, but little piece of feedback please sing next time <laughs> um so yeah so i'm like home with this child my husband's now back to work and i'm like i'm feeling really sad like this sucks like did i make the right decision and so many people like baby blues baby blues i'm like okay it's baby blues but then a couple more weeks were going by i'm like this is not this doesn't feel right and in my body i knew it wasn't right but i knew there should be at least like a little bit of joy and I still felt like myself, but then there is the sleep deprivation and taking care of a tiny human. And then, oh, I'm also making dinner all the time now. Um, so for me, it I, st- I it went from being like, okay, I'm really sad to like, I'm numb. And I'm not feeling really much of anything. And I'm really questioning what the fuck did I just do? And is this what I want to be doing? I never, ever had thoughts of hurting her. But I was like, is this my life? Is this how I saw my life? Is this, oh my God, like, am I going to be a single mom? And then I was like, do I even want to live? And then that's when I was like, wait, time out. That shit ain't right. That's not baby blues. That's something more. So then I went to my doctor and she's like, oh, honey, (laughs) let's get you some help. (laughs) And then, I, then I was, she was like, yeah, you've, you get postpartum depression. So once I was able to label it and be like, oh, these feelings of wanting to kill myself aren't normal. Nothing I would ever act on, but still having those thoughts weren't healthy. Do you think it's not normal though? I think it's probably more normal than we think. I think a lot of people just don't express it. I think postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety is incredibly common, but it's something that's not talked about. Um, I, there are resources and tools for getting help, but I don't think it's normal to think that you want to kill yourself after having a child. So being like, oh, well, this is normal, not so much, but more like it's common and being able to switch that and be like, okay, what's normal? Being a little bit sad. Your hormones are fucked, but wanting to kill yourself, that's not normal. You need to get some help when that happens. My delivery doctor was awesome. And she's like, yeah, let's get you on some meds because the normal thing what you would do if someone's dealing with depression is what? Exercise, sleep, eat right. Well, all three of those are out the window when you have a baby. So yeah, you need to go and get some mental health and help mental health. I mean, yeah, I'd like a dose of mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like she put me on antidepressants right away. I had appointments at BC Women's and Children to go see a psychologist psychologist i don't know psychologist whatever anyways to go see somebody with a medical profession um to be able to support me through that and my like my mom was such a huge support like yeah i'm not getting enough sleep so i had that village around me to be able to like take care of myself so i could brush my teeth twice a day and that was like probably the best advice that I ever got from my doctor was because I still wanted to go out and do everything. So I'm an overachiever, obviously. Um, and she said, if you just brush your teeth twice a day and keep the kid alive, that's good. That's all you got to do. Nice and simple. Yep. So I made it a goal to brush my teeth once a day. 
and keep my job alive. My original thought once you say that is <clears throat> I can tell that you're like very high energy. Use the word overachiever, meaning like you're excited and you want to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Was that almost like, I don't know, because obviously, again, I've never been in this situation, but that to me would seem like I'm setting up a really simple goal that would make me bored. You know, like mm. the goal for t- today is to brush my teeth and keep my kid alive. And that was hard enough as is. Yeah. Like I, I was like, if I can just do that, then I'm okay. Hmm. And I didn't, because I, I was the type of person who was like, okay, well, when she naps, I'm going to do a load of laundry. When she naps, I can catch up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I can go out for a walk, do all these other things. But I had to really force myself to keep that checklist to two things, brush my teeth, keep her alive, then my day is done. Mm. So if we order DoorDash for the fifth time this week, I don't give a shit. And well, it's uh, now I'm at a place where like she naps and I can go and do all those fun things. But I had to really like reel it back big time and actually have to do something which is so hard, which was ask for help because I couldn't do it all on my own. And just like the simplest thing that you take for granted, like being able to just get into your car and go for a drive was a very difficult task to do. How do you slowly get over that? Um, Therapy. Antidepressants were huge, major game changer for me. Um, being able to have the right support system. Shout out to Justine, one of my girlfriends who also suffers from postpartum depression, whose child is three weeks younger than Eden, um, who was instrumental in being there for me at any time of day. I could call her. And being able to have those friends where we could like celebrate each other's progress. Mm. So her celebration the other day was she got both kids to daycare before 9 a.m. And I'm like, fucking rights, Justine. You go. You're the best mom in the entire world. I'm so proud of you. I hope you're going to give yourself a glass of wine at like 1030. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, mom life. Um, And another thing, in mom world, like wine o'clock is glorified. But really, wine o'clock is like, I need help. So when people are like, oh, you know, mom juice, have a glass of wine. It's like, no, it's like, this is like the one thing I can do to take care of myself. But then I also see a lot of moms who are like drinking dirt during the day because it's another way to be able to alleviate stress. So if someone's saying they need a glass of wine, maybe what they actually are saying is they need help. It's my two cents. What advice would you give for people like that? Who are drinking a bottle a day? Or stop drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Talk to people. Talk to someone. Talk to someone. Just talk to anybody. Um, If you are if you are struggling in any which way, know that that is normal and not normal. Mm. Um, Motherhood isn't rainbows and daisies, and you don't have to suffer it alone. And motherhood, like for anyone who isn't a parent, and if you two do have children in the future, wonderful. it's not all like sad and terrible and like your marriage is going to end or whatever. (laughs) Um, It's beautiful and it's one of the most amazing um, experiences in my entire life. And it is hard. So knowing that you don't have to go through it alone. There's other moms who are feeling exactly the same way you are. And if you do have thoughts that are of harming you, your partner or your baby, that it's okay to get help. Call a suicide hotline. It's not a big deal. They're really friendly people. 
They'll just talk to you if that's what you want. You know, that's all we really want. And if is that connection for someone to be able to see us. And I think that's why my postpartum depression was so bad was because I didn't feel like I was being seen or heard. Like I was mm. crying out for help and I wasn't necessarily getting it from the person who I thought I would get it from. And instead look to all my other friends and my family to be that support system for me. And if you do want to drink a glass of wine during the day, go for it. Just don't like maybe drive the minivan afterwards. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also could get you thrown in jail. <laughs> it will also get you thrown in jail. Correct. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to know other... about like postpartum depression? Like what else? I think you know? mo- I think I more wanted to go with like, and maybe this is more just like an opinion of yours because you can't blanket statement something like this but why are people so nervous or scared or embarrassed to look for help when they're in situation when they're feeling these things Mm. when they're going through depressive times when they're going through a separation or postpartum as an example or anything like that um for me i know that i really wanted to have a baby this was the next sequence in my life that just checked off the boxes. So many women would be die to be in my shoes to be able to have a child and be able to conceive naturally. Mm. So now I've got this perfect, beautiful, angelic child. What's wrong with me for not loving, like not having that instant bond and love? Like what is wrong with me? So if I need to cry out for help, I better fucking suck it up and really enjoy this moment. Like so often, like if you're having a shitty mood, think about things you're grateful for. Well, gratitude is a Band-Aid that's not actually going to get to the root problem of what's wrong. And so often it's like gratitude, gratitude. What are you grateful for? And that to me, like, isn't enough. It's just it's just a distraction from the real thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Or like, be happy. It's like, great, of course, I'd love to be happy. Um, So I feel like there's a level of shame in terms of being able to ask for help and not being like, in our generation, being a bunch of millennials, it's like, oh, we get everything so easy to us. So like, is this another symptom of society being easier now? That like, oh, you have postpartum depression? Well, people are dying in the world. You know, life could be a lot worse. So I was like, yeah, I can suck it up. Like, I'm getting take I'm getting taken care of. So how hard is it to raise a human and just like be happy with what I have? You know? Um I think so. I don't know. It's like you're convincing yourself that you're okay. Oh yeah. But you're not. Oh my god, do you know how many times I would be on the floor crying going, I'm okay. I'm okay. But this bitch was not okay. <laughs> Danny, don't give me that look. No, no, no. It's just I'm, <laughs> I'm super interested in that because that, honestly, I think that is what has got me through quicker than most. What is just the ability to be okay with where I'm at, and that, I think it's that mindset of just being like owning mistakes. Mm. I put myself in the situation, so now I'm dealing with it. This is just going to be a good learning experience. Five years down the road, I'm going to look back and think I'm so much better for this. Totally. But that's what I think in my head when I'm feeling super pissed off and upset. 
which maybe is a bit strange, which maybe because it sounds like you in your situation, you almost felt like that was a bandaid and that wasn't really helping. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling because the pain and the emotions were so deep and hard and horrific Mm. that it was easier just to function on a surface level. You know, when someone asks you how you're doing and you're like, I don't really want to answer that honestly (laughs) right now. Um, It's almost like a fear of being seen as well. A fear of being seen that I'm not perfect, that shit is hitting the fan right now and that I don't have my life together because everything in this fucking Instagram world is everything's so great. We're only showing highlight reel that I'm not going to be posting on Instagram when I'm on the floor fucking grind. Or, you know, I've, I spoke at an event not too long ago and I'm like, imagine if we posted all the things that actually are for our self-care that people don't see. So like, here's me getting my Botox done because it actually makes me feel really good about myself. Or here's me at the therapist. Hey, we're best buds. Cheers. Or here's me masturbating because that feels good and nobody talks about masturbation. You probably need to be careful with that one posting a masturbation photo oh my god no <laughs> yes i mean like that'd be an nsfw ladies of the world please masturbate more and don't be afraid to talk about it whole nother topic like it yep <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i think those are the things that are more powerful to share what you're actually going through yeah and it makes you relatable and when you're talking about growing your business and growing like our podcast and how do we get people actually engaged in it people want to know the real you when i listened to the episode of you and brad and you were talking about your divorces i immediately perked up because it created that sense of connection mm-hmm. and there was a very very big piece of vulnerability that was like yes you two are my dudes great we can talk about this shit we can laugh about it maybe in a year mm-hmm. <laughs> or now that's fine <laughs> It's hard, like, it's hard to bring up. It's not something that I'll go to a party and be like, hey, my name's Denny, I'm getting divorced. Mm -hmm. Oh, you are? How's that going? And then you go into it. But I'm so open and excited to talk about it, even just the experiences. Sure, maybe it makes me, my eyes water sometimes, Mm -hmm. just like reliving the experiences, but I'm excited to talk about it because I want other people to understand that if they're in that situation, it's not right. They need to move on quicker than I did. Well, and it's so hard because no one goes into a marriage thinking it's going to end in divorce. No matter how Especially long you were married from a for. Very conservative family. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if, again, back to like that sense of postpartum depression and not asking for help is like that level of shame. Mm-hmm. And same thing. It's like, well, for me, I'm like, what's wrong with me that my marriage didn't work? I was like, nothing's wrong. I'm absolutely fucking perfect. Who are we getting? <laughs> Same with you, Denny. You're perfect. Thank You're you. whole, just as you are. <laughs> Namaste. God bless. Can you do that fun voice again? I don't remember which voice <laughs> it is. Namaste. Vocal fry. No? Single list. That's my favorite one. People are like, what'd you do? I went to the bank. And then that's it. Have you online dated? <laughs> that's how I met my ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Mama's been, Mama's been on the online dating forever. There you go. All right. Good for you. Um, I'm back on the hinge. Don't ask me how it's going. <laughs> Try online dating with a child. 
And I'm not yeah. one of those people who post pictures of their kid in their profile because that's just wrong. So anyone listening, if you have a picture up with you and your child, take it down. There's a spot where you can say, do you have kids? Just say yes. You don't need to tell them their names or their age. You don't even need to say how long, you know, you've been single for. But how quickly men are to, I don't want to say like disregard, but like be like, ooh, when they see that I have a kid. But I'm not going to hide. I mean, she's the most glorious human being in the entire world. So yeah, she's like, <laughs> yes, I have a child. Do you want to meet her? No, actually, I, I take that back. I don't want people to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, are you? No. Not ready? Uh, no, I've kind of been dating another girl in the last few months. Great. How's that going? Pretty good. Good. What would be like your word to describe how you're feeling about it right now? Mm. More excited that the past is not necessarily reality. <laughs> it's mm. a bad experience that I thought was normal. You know, when you're going through it, you're like, oh, this is what marriage is. You just kind of got to figure it out. Yeah. There's going to be ups and downs. You're going to argue sometimes in the end, you're just going to make up and it's going to be fine. But now I realize I was going down the path and if we didn't break up, this could have been us in like 50 years where you're like, you see these old couples walking in a park and they're walking like six feet away from each other and they don't say a word and they're walking for kilometers at a time. Sleep in different rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And that just terrifies, the idea of being in that situation terrifies me. Yeah. So I'm glad that I was able to get off that path early in life. You know what I tell myself all the time? I didn't just dodge a bullet. I dodged a bazooka. Because think about it. We're like you and I are in this beautiful space where we get to start over and we're not even 50. Like we haven't been married for 20 years and are having to like rediscover our lives Mm -hmm. now. As if we were 50. We get to discover them now, who we are, where we're at. And really in the grand scheme of things, from what I understood, your marriage was fairly short as well. It's like, at one point, we'll be able to look back and say this was just a blip in time mm-hmm. and how much we've grown and learned and how we found way better lovers and partners who get us, who will fill up our cups instead of poke holes in them. 100%. Yeah? You know? I feel the exact same way. Even now, it's kind of shitty because we're going through all that legal garbage now. <sighs> yeah. But I, I th- like it's pushed me so much to start a podcast, put myself out there more on social media and just like be who I am. So yeah. I've, already, I've already found a lot of value in like the shittiness of how bad it was. And the resiliency. Totally. Like if I can get through this. I can get through anything. I was a shy kid. Oh really? And yeah. now you have a podcast and you're a real estate agent? I know. What the heck? Real estate agents are like the furthest thing from shy. Uh, there's a lot of different personalities. What's like the worst personality? Used car salesman type. Okay. So that's the stigmatism of realtors. And wait, the the stigmatism? Is that a word? Something wrong with your eyes? (laughs) What's the word? Stigma. Stigma. What's a stigmatism? Stigmatism is when your eye goes like this. Isn't that a twitch? Stigmatism. (laughs) Do you have cataracts too? You can get actually one of my friends is an eye doctor, and he said I have twenty ten vision, which I didn't know existed. You know what also you have? Vision whatever in New West is always double tapping your photos. I remember that from an episode. They comment on every 
almost every post. I know because after you said that on the interview on the on with um, Anita, yeah. I went through on your Instagram and looked. I'm like, there they are. I found them. Shout out to Vision MDI Medical thing. So strange. It's working. I just got another shout out. That's fair. That's true. That's two shout outs mm. in what three episodes? Yeah. Keep it up, Vision. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep it up. Also, like, I just want to take a time out and say, like, I hope people don't think that I'm like ragging on my ex because I don't want that to be the case. I don't think you no, are. No. Okay. Like, again, I'm very conscious of talking about it because I don't want to say, I don't think she deserves for me to say negative things about her. Yeah. It's more just like how I was feeling. That's what I'm trying to share. Yeah. And I originally, so I actually recorded an episode with one of my girlfriends um, back in the fall and I sent it to him before I planned on releasing it and um, he was very upset and angry and it was me being able to I thought was express myself very clearly in terms of like how it affected me and how I am being able to move on and go through different things but ever since then it put this sense of like fear that I'm always I'm always kind of being watched or like I have to be incredibly careful and it makes me feel like I need to put a muzzle on my own voice out of fear of what the repercussions would be as you're talking about the legal stuff and going through those motions right now. So shout out to my ex. You do you. Good job, buddy. And let Ashley do her. Yeah, I'm going to do me. Thanks. And you know that I'm a podcaster and that I speak my mind. Okay, thanks. I feel better. Yeah, I have some things to say too. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, hey, cheers. I don't think the beer cans will have quite the same. Pretty good. Pretty good. Same to you, Carl, and your non-divorces. <laughs> Carl is dating a phenomenal lady. Was, I really like her. Carl recently turned 30. Happy and birthday. Sam planned a pretty wicked oh, um, awesome. yeah, yeah. 30th birthday party for him. Oh, Sam. What a catch. She's a sweetheart. She's the best, for sure. Yeah? <laughs> Give her a shout out. Give her a shout out. Shout out to Sam. There it is. Yeah. She listens you know to the all the podcasts. what the cutest thing ever was? What? This may embarrass Carl, but it's my podcast, so I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> and he's cut. <laughs> <laughs> and no more editing from Carl. <laughs> there was this like little uh, game that Sam set up with, I don't know, 10 or 15 questions about Carl. So to like, I don't know. I don't know what the winner got, like a bottle of booze or something. I don't know. There's a prize. One of the questions was, uh, best thing about Carl? And Sam's dad's response was, he makes Sam happy. Oh. Isn't that the cutest thing ever? Oh, I just melted a little. I know. Damn, that's what that's what I need a I need a Sam and a Carl. See? Yeah. Shout out to any people who will be the Carl to my Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this episode of um, Joe Rogan, Killer Mike was on, and I saw Killer Mike perform at um, Sasquatch years ago. He, when he got up stage, he started crying because of how grateful he was to be in front of this audience and he wasn't even on the main stage and i was like killer mike's a good dude and then hearing him on joe rogan he's like shout out shout out shout That's out so real, shout out man, yeah. yeah i want to be killer mike yeah who I'm do you want to be i'm gonna listen to killer mike next who do i want to be who that is a really broad question uh i want to be me i really like who i am i like where i'm going i like the people that i'm surrounded by right now and I don't know. I don't. I don't think I want to be another human. Who inspires you? Mm, 
podcast wise, probably I Gary V was a big influence for me early on. Early on meaning like when I got into podcast, which was like a year ago. <laughs> Didn't you start in October? I started in October, November, yeah. yeah. End of October, early November, yeah. You're quick. Okay, cool. It was a weird, it was a crazy year. Yeah. If I was to summer, if I was to write a book on my 29 years of life, that last 12 months would probably take up 85% of the book. This one's one for me. Ah! <laughs> like feet up going like, you know, when you're about to go down the roller coaster. So you're like, do I, do I lean forward or back? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Except for it wasn't 29. It was 31. The reason, okay. The reason I say Gary Vee and we don't need to talk about him lots because I talk about him a lot. Uh, I think he kind of pushed me to have the courage to just like be myself because a lot of mm. what he talks about I think in my head but I'm embarrassed to say because I've said it before and I don't like the reactions that I get from people like what meaning like everything's my fault mm. philosophy that I've thought in my head for years I've heard Gary Vee see it now I'm very comfortable saying it out loud people will be like well it's not your fault this thing happened this thing happened and I was like I put myself in that situation it's my fault and to me, it makes sense. To me, it's really it's really optimistic, whereas people look at it as a big negative. And I was like, oh, it works for me. I'm going to keep doing me. <laughs> I feel like there's a difference, too, in saying, like, it's my fault versus, like, blaming yourself. It is in a blaming sentence. But when you're like, this is just kind of what happened, great, we can acknowledge it and keep on moving. Mm -hmm. And I can learn and grow from it versus being like, oh, my God, everything's my fault. I did everything wrong. What's wrong with me? You're just like, yeah, it is what it is. And also, like, it's my fault. Take it or leave it. Because who are you apologizing to? Not apologizing. I like, so the other thing that people think is very negative, which I think is very positive, is that most of my life has been a failure. Sounds negative, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, it's super positive because I learn so much more from failures than successes. When I win, so my upbringing was like athletics. Mm -hmm. Played basketball in university. Lost a lot, right? Most of sports is losing. One team wins a championship per year out of 30 or 40 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Played provincial team. Lost in the national final twice. I remember those games and those moments so thoroughly that they like still burn inside of me. And they push me to not have that feeling again. Whereas the few amount of wins that I've had mm -hmm. just kind of make you soft. Well, it's easy to coast. You totally. Like, what's going to push you harder? What's going to make you achieve greatness? Totally. Yeah. So I like the losses, and I learn a lot more from them. And so I can look back and be like, sure, I got a first-team All-Star in the U-17 Nationals. We lost the, in the final by two. I had the worst game of my career in the final. That is a moment that sticks with you for a long time. But I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And th I think the cool thing to learn is like how to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So, and I've had a few situations, obviously two were that game and marriage not working out. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing. Friends and family are like, Ooh, you know, what did he do wrong? Kind of thing. Yep. But I think it's really valuable to learn how to be embarrassed, to learn how to lose. Well, it's that humility that mm -hmm. creates that humbleness and takes you off of 
your high horse and checks your ego. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing that I find when I'm teaching. It's like once that ego starts to get in the way, it, it takes away relatability. It takes away from like that true, deep, meaningful connection. Mm-hmm. Versus like when I use my failures as a teaching in class, people are like, yeah, it's relatable. It's real. Nobody wants a yoga instructor who's never made a mistake, who's never fucked up. It's just not, it's not people real. People can't relate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I like sharing the losses and the mistakes better because people... Yes, can relate to them, but can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you're like, yes, I sold this many houses this year. This is what I did. Blah, 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 blah. All my ha- clients love me. People are just like, okay, well, that doesn't seem realistic. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're like, hey, I lost the listing appointment yesterday. I said something wrong or whatever. They like someone better. It sucks. I don't get to sell the house. Mm-hmm. But being able to learn from them, but also share those experiences to me in the last year has been really valuable for me personally being able to share yeah i mean like maybe that's not what you would tell a prospective client but yeah i don't know know? i don't know i feel like i am who i am and my online resume social media describes that yeah and if people like it great they're gonna work with us if people don't like it then they're probably not gonna work with us that's just it. If I, <laughs> amount of times I've gotten negative feedback from my teachings, <laughs> that's fine. Eat a dick. <laughs> it's my favorite saying also. When I'm really pissed off, I'm like, fucking eat a dick. <laughs> I'm allowed to swear, right? No. What the hell? Oh, Jesus. I told you it was a conservative family, right? Right. Yeah, you can fucking Peace. swear, of course. Peace be with you. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, the power of Christ compels you. No, that's the exorcist. <laughs> Wrong one. Okay, let's, can we talk yoga? Yeah. What do you want to know? First of all, I'd like you to define what yoga is. Oh my I, God. Okay, this is coming from someone who has never been to a yoga class. Carl, have you been to yoga classes? So you have two dudes in here that have never been to a yoga class. Obviously, I understand what it is, but like, what is it to you? So yoga is a 2,000 plus, 5,000 plus year old practice. I Googled it today and it said 3,000 plus. Or 3,000, whatever. Started in India. Yes. Um, (laughs) For me, so there's different aspects to yoga. The common Western style that people have really clung to is the physical practice, the asana. Um, But there's so much more to yoga than that. There is these thousands of year old teachings talking about, you know, it's essentially like the different ways of life. How can we move throughout this world and be in connection with different people and beings? It's just like how um, someone who is Catholic or Muslim or whatever, all the different um, religions have this interwoven peace about doing good in the world mm-hmm. and I, i'll i'll butcher it if i try and like describe it more than that as someone who's roman catholic oops um there's the mindfulness there's meditation there's this transcendence and finding a higher consciousness but for me what i'm finding time out a lot of yoga is this connecting with higher spirits and what's going on for people who can't see. I'm making like hand gestures of like going down to up and finding this almost out of body experience. And for me, yoga is actually grounding down and tuning in with what's going on in my body, 
what's actually real that will keep me down on this earth so I feel some sort of connectedness. Um, I'm very flighty. I'm up here quick to react to different things. So I will make the best decisions that are right for my life when I am tethered to the ground and feel a deeper connection to something that's more than outside of me. Um, Yoga, yes, is a physical practice, but it's about bringing in awareness to what's going on in your body. In the world we live in, we're so connected to what's going on in our minds and we're connected to our phones and social media that it's easy to get lost in that headspace and desensitize from the neck down. Because when was the last time you actually trusted and listened to your gut? I know that if I really listened to my gut when I was a teenager, I probably wouldn't have gone into different relationships that didn't serve me. I probably would have done a shit ton less drugs. (laughs) And I would have been able to like listen to my body and my breath. So for me, yoga is on the mat and off the mat. Um, It's a major fitness trend right now. A lot of what you're seeing as yoga, like the oxygens and wherever else that's combined fitness, isn't like quote unquote true yoga. And then again, who am I as a straight white woman, blonde, skinny, with money living in Vancouver? What am I doing teaching yoga? Like I'm the I'm the last person who should be telling people to feel the seat of your soul and feel your heart flutter and come alive for you to have a fucking out-of-body experience. No, bitch. I just want you to feel good. So for me, yoga is like, yeah, tapping in with what does feel good, learning your boundaries, what's what's a yes and a no in your body, um, and being having a deeper connection with your community. I think I don't know if you actually say those things in your classes oh i say bitch all the time no root in something to a spiritual <laughs> oh, oh something my God. something never no that frou-frou language no 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 so because i think that's what is not necessarily i don't know if the right daunting? word is intimidating yeah yeah but it's one there's a lot of words that what? are strange like tree pose and downward dog and it's just like a lot of lingo well, what's going to what's gonna make you feel good in class? Do you think it's going to make you feel good if I'm now like Ekapada Raja Kapotasana? No. It's going to make you question yourself. What about, hey, feel what you feel. Notice what you notice. If you want to move your body, cool. If you don't want to move your body and you want to lie here on the ground for an hour, that's yoga. You don't need to touch your toes as much as people like to tell you. You don't need to be wearing Lululemon head to toe. If you're able to breathe, that's yoga. And as a, as a dude walking into a yoga studio, guess who majority of the audience is going to be? It's women. And then that you go into that space of like, oh, well, should I be here? Do I deserve to be here? Mm-hmm. How much did I pay for this? Am I dressed appropriately? Well, what if I look around the room and someone thinks I'm creeping on them, but I'm not. I just don't know what that pose is. Like there's so much that goes into aspect of creating a safe space for each individual person who walks in. Imagine being a person of color walking into a yoga studio where it's all white people. You know, living in Langley, that city is white as fuck. Yeah. So So imagine now me as a white instructor being like, great, welcome, feel the seat of your soul. It's like, whoa, what the fuck does that mean now? Anyways, yeah, it's like, how is that? How am I creating a space that's um, approachable for you and for every other person? 
How, I guess, how do you make it more inclusive then? So I teach mostly philosophy and okay. philosophy. We've actually, it used to be called philosophy yoga. We've dropped yoga because what type of barriers are we creating by including the word yoga? Because you will automatically like, Carl, you'll walk in there and be like, oh, it's yoga. 100%. And you'll go in there with a mindset already of being like, fuck. Preconceived notion, yeah. Yeah. So what if it was mindful movement? We, I like to start class with a checking question. So just like when you ask Carl, what's his favorite ice cream flavor? And he answered the weirdest answer ever of bubble gum. That's the best flavor. It's so weird, Carl. It's so weird. Do you like the one with the actual pieces of gum in it? Yes. Oh, like Baskin Robbins style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. You do you. I mean, I'll take cotton candy too. Oh my God. It just keeps on getting weirder. And tiger eye. What's next? Um, yeah. So like starting a question, um, something I've been playing around with is like, what, um, where do you play small in your life? Or where do you feel like you're not enough? What's the rose and thorn of your day? Where in your life are you riding in the HOV lane? Can you move over to the slow lane? And so people can get out of that headspace of being like, what am I doing here? To actually being present and listening to the other people in the room. So you create that connection. I like to start classes lying down so you can choose to have your eyes open or closed. And it really doesn't matter what other people are doing Um, and providing choice. So not inhale, halfway lift and lengthen, exhale, fold. Being like, if you choose to, maybe explore what it feels like to place your hands on your shins and extend your spine. Maybe not. If you want to, try doing this. So it's all in how you change your language so you can make it more invitational. So if you want to move, cool. If you don't, I don't give a shit. You're already paid. That's perfect too, because like if you can't do a certain pose, right, you're not the odd one out. Yeah. yeah. And it's and like I've really been mindful of going into studio spaces that don't have mirrors. Because mm. that's what people would become fixated on. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you like really Yoga wasn't practiced with mirrors. So why now are we fixated on looking at ourselves? We're always staring at a glass mirror. We don't need to be looking at ourselves anymore. And again, it feeds into what's going on in your mind versus what's what do you feel in your body? Um, other ways to make spaces more accessible and inclusive, wheelchair accessible, gender neutral bathrooms, um, being mindful of what music I'm playing, making sure that every person, I do the best of my ability so that they feel seen. So there's eye contact there as well. I'm a huge proponent for touch. So people who come to my classes, they know they're going to get touched <laughs> in a non-creepy way. I promise. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so people will know that when I come around and touch them, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing broken. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. It's just to give you the space to be able to feel in your body. You know when someone puts their hand on your shoulder and they like hold it maybe a little bit longer and you can just kind of, you feel yourself relax underneath. Like a little bit more of that. Like what does it feel like to actually have someone ground you by placing their hands gently on your back and ask you to breathe into that space? So instead of your breath being up here, you can actually start to deepen it more. So you mentioned earlier that you hated yoga when you started. Oh my God, it was stupid. So what takes you from hating yoga to getting into it? Well, I'm assuming working at Lululemon has something to do with it. But now to, do you say instructing, teaching? What do you say? Oh my God, I don't even know what the right thing to say is. 
was like, am I a teacher? What am I teaching? I'm not teaching yoga sutras, that's for sure. It's like old, old shit. Um, Yeah, I say instructor and I say philosophy instructor because that's mostly what I teach. Is there some sort of training? Yes. So funny enough, my girlfriend who started it, her name's also Ashley B. But she luckily now lives in Toronto. So people are like, oh, Toronto Ash or West Coast Ash. Um, But she started philosophy. So then when she left to Toronto, I was like, this is mine. And then I started teaching more in Vancouver. Um, Wait, what was the question? Uh, What was the question, Carl? Oh, no. Okay. Anyways. I think it was, how do you go from hating it to now? Like it's part of your life. You're instructing. You're Um, helping people with it. So 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was living in Montreal. Um, I had met my then boyfriend when we lived in Greece and bartended on a beach. Cool. So yeah, it was, it was dope. Shout out to Charles in Montreal. <laughs> Salut mon amour. J'espère que tout va bien avec toi. Um, so we, he was from Montreal, so I moved to Montreal with him. And I was bartending and I was having a hard time making friends. I know, hard to believe. So then I was like looking through the University of Montreal um, programs for what I could do. And I was like, oh, yoga, that seems like a great way to make friends. Go to my first class. So excited. Mama's never been to yoga. So I thought we could like talk and stuff throughout it. No, there's no talking. So that failed. (laughs) And I felt like a lot of the instructors were men telling me how to move my body, when to move my body. And back then it was a lot of like chest openers and heart openers. And something that one of my teachers said is like, who are you doing a heart opener and backbend for? Because it's a, it's a very male dominant position to be like opening your chest, bringing your arms back. When what I find what actually gives me comfort in my body is coming forward and being able to tune in and go inwards. This is external. This is like a lot of energy I'm giving. This is me receiving energy. Um, so I thought it was bullshit and stupid. I also like didn't really understand half the things the guy was saying because he was from Newfoundland. (laughs) Then I moved back home and then I got back into weightlifting and judo and boxing and kickboxing. Yeah. So I used to do judo with the Vancouver Police Department. It was dope. That was when I wanted to be a police officer. But like I said, I've done a few too many drugs in my life. (laughs) So that never transpired into anything. Um, And then, yeah, with Lululemon, I was like, okay, starting to do more yoga i'm like yeah this is cool i like it i like restorative where we lie down and do nothing because it's a mind game it's a total mind fuck when you're just lying there and you're like what do i focus on i guess thinking about work's not really gonna do anything right now (laughs) um and then they did their first ever internal teacher training and it was my original ambassador who was leading the training and i loved her style of teaching she was real she was a mom was she is a mom and so i completed my teacher training while i was pregnant and finished it when i was six months pregnant then my mentor ashley broder i was like hey can i help you like let me help you let me do hands-on i've always been told that i have hands like i've worked on a farm my whole life <laughs> thank you to my ex-husband who said that now i wear it as a badge of honor <laughs> but i've got real i've got real strong hands so i know what can make people feel good and so and I just kept on doing more and more hands-on assisting for her. And eventually I, I was vocal being like, I want to teach this. Like, this is where I want to be. And so she mentored me and took me under her wing. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh, like I, I can't, I'm, whoa, wait a minute. I'm actually okay at this. People are, are okay with my fart jokes. <laughs> People don't give a shit if I swear. 
people want to listen to like the Fugees. So you just made it your own. Yeah. And like this was a style that Ash was already teaching. Probably not as many fart jokes, but people kept on coming back. So I was like, great, like something's working. And yeah, it's been two years of that now. And it and it fills me up just as much as I would say pays the bills. I mean, it doesn't really pay the bills, but it fills me up. Yeah. So I went from hating it because who's this fucking dude to tell me how to move my body to now let me tell you a fart joke and massage you and try and make you feel good. And let's rewrite the narrative around safe touch. So is it more... I hope I'm interpreting this right. Is it more like spiritual slash like meditation than actual physical Mm. or just a big combination of all three? I think it's a combination for me. I have a really hard time. You know, when you, I don't, well, I mean, you haven't been to a yoga class, but when I go to yoga class and the teacher just spits off these beautiful, almost like poetic verses that make you question your life or be like, oh my God, this is my purpose in life. I don't feel like I'm eloquent enough to be able to spit out some Ram Das or some some beautiful quotes in the middle of class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that spiritual piece, I don't know if I'm quite there with it. But if I can make people feel good and maybe they stretch and move their bodies or move their bodies how they want to, then that's philosophy. Okay. And having that sense of community. Do you do fitness? Like classes, uh, not like do you do fitness? Period. I do not like classes. Okay, Carl. Never, never done a class in my life. Okay. I run and work out almost every day. Well, goal of twenty nineteen is to do something active, meaning like hike, run, or work out, or all three. Yeah. Every day for a year. Awesome. Mostly just to say I can do it. Okay. Like there's always going to be like a hangover day where you just need to sit on the sofa, and I get it. But I'm forcing myself to do something active on those days. Is that um, pleasure or punishment? A little bit of both. Okay. Makes me, I feel way better after I work out than if I don't work out. What if you get the stomach flu? I gotta go for a run. That's disgusting. Or, or, or go on, like, sit on the bike for 20 minutes or something. Punishment. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. What is All it? All right. March 26th, so I'm 87 days in. Whatever the math is. Well, I'm proud of you. That takes a lot. Of stamina. You're going to say like stupidity? Or you're yeah, say? that's all right. Let's go. Stamina. Stamina. Good for you. Okay, so you know when you go to the gym, mm-hmm. someone's like there at the front desk and they kind of go like, uh, and maybe they'll like make eye contact with you when you scan in your thing. I'm assuming like Steve Nash, Golds. I have a gym in my building and I don't okay. like working out with other people because they annoy me. Okay, so this so, is perfect. And to me, fitness every day, apart from like, obviously I feel better afterwards and I'm not fat like I used to be two years ago. Uh, it's like, it's therapy for me. It's the yeah. 30 minutes, an hour every day that I get to just like, basically turn it off. Well, and it's your downtime. Yeah. Okay, so so picture this. A lot of yoga, you go somewhere and it's, you know, someone scans you in. Great. You go and you sit on your mat. You wait there awkwardly for five to eight minutes. The teacher comes in. Hello, how are you doing? Today we're going to do backbends or whatever. But there's no sense of community. Like you're on your mat. You do your thing. You roll up your mat. You go. And for me, philosophy is so much more than that. Like I want to I get to know the people. I want to be able to celebrate them or just 
be together and have that shared um, shared space. Because when you get people together around a campfire, it creates something special, whether you're having a conversation or not. There's just that special energy that's being there. Because I love lifting weights. I love going to the gym and hitting that heavy bag. But I also love when I can actually see someone and be like, okay, like, I'm starting to understand you, Denny. Like, I want to root for you. I want to see you grow and do well. And maybe I'll see you again next week. And I'll be like, how's that 86 days of stupidity going? We can like joke and have a laugh and there's that connection. December 31st, I'm going to send you a message and say, screw you, I did it. Yes, yes. (laughs) Good. But yeah, so that's like a big piece of what philosophy is and why I teach. And the fart jokes. (laughs) Should Carl uh, do a yoga class? I think you should both come to class. Come to Philosophy of the Garden. Let me me love you in a non-creepy way. Trust me, it's not pervy at all. Um, just to be able to experience it. You know, let me know what you think. I have been known to, I really like hiking now. Great. As of like a year. A lot's changed in a year. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's funny to go and do yoga poses at the top of a mountain. Mostly because I see other people doing it and I'm like, this is so, so stupid. Disrespectful. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I just, I mean, I used to be that person. But, but I'm like, I'm what like you... why are people doing this? Okay, I think it's I mean, funny. I'm going to make fun of them. I'm going to do it too. It's for their Tinder. <laughs> exactly. Obviously. It's yeah. either that, a picture of everyone on top of um, the chief yeah. doing like dancer's pose or tree pose, <laughs> yeah. or it's a picture of some dude in a sleeveless shirt petting a tiger. Or the new one that I've been seeing a lot of lately is oh, actually... a tiger. <laughs> it's actually the pictures of them sturgeon fishing. That's like the new mm. tiger picture. Weird. I know. I I vote for the tiger. Let's find a tiger. I think a sturgeon would be safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what I was asking you. Yoga. We can move on. Okay. Uh, quick podcast. I want to just touch on your podcast. What got you into podcasting? Uh, Did you listen to podcasts like bef- a long time before you started or you just kind of got into it? So, uh, well, uh, my ex-husband used to listen a lot to Joe Rogan and mm. T-Fat K, Fighter and the Kids. Yeah, I love it. So good. I met Brendan Schaub. Really? When we were on our honeymoon, we went down to Box and Burn in California. And I was like, we're going. We woke up at six. I'm like, I need to get a boxing workout in. And sure enough, he was there. And he was so awesome and kind and really? he chased us down in the parking lot to give us t-shirts no from awesome. the so T-Fat cool K and like we've we have um like I've always been a big fan of like the dynamics that Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen have and then just with them and Joe which just it feels like you're just like listening to a conversation part of the group yeah just a group yeah. of friends yeah yeah and like even for me as a woman who lives in Canada I still really enjoyed it mm-hmm. right like it's very much like a, a bro podcast right. um, but for someone who loves UFC and fighting I've, I felt like okay like I know what they're talking about this is great <laughs> and then when you know whenever they would be like we have a show coming up in Vancouver or we love Vancouver mm-hmm. it made me feel like special um, and I emceed the Lululemon Half Marathon for four years. So for me, I've always loved having a microphone in my hand. And it just came naturally. I wish I was funnier on my podcast, like the way I am in real life. But I think maybe because there's this fear of being recorded that I'm not like as funny as I am in person. 
You just so. maybe you're afraid to say something. How do we get Probably. over that though? Why are we afraid? I don't. I think it's sounding stupid, and I say some like really perverted, inappropriate stuff in person. But who, who gives a shit? That's the funniest stuff, though. I know, but then like I'm also afraid. Like, was my ex husband gonna come down on me? Right? I mean, he's he's also like a lot of great material. No, I'm kidding. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You know? Do you do you experience that as well? No. Okay. The only thing. <laughs> the only thing I wouldn't say I'm filtered on. I just carefully choose my words is the separation yeah other than that i don't think i have a filter do you think i've been filtering or have i been pretty unfiltered about the x pretty f- uh about the x specifically good, yeah i think pretty good okay you're just sharing your your side right your yeah. stories yeah you haven't really put them under any yeah okay great phew, <laughs> phew. and like um, from my point of view i don't have any need to do that no i just like i said i don't want to say bad things about her because i don't for uh i don't really believe them it's more just i want to share like what i went through totally the things that i felt and like for me before it was very much like i want to show the world like what wrong he's done me and now yeah. it doesn't now it doesn't matter anymore no, exactly. because also the only person who looks bad is me Right? It's the same thing when people post nasty shit online. No one goes, oh, that person messed up. They look at the person who's posting being like, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love Joe Rogan. I love Fighter and the Kid. And I'm like, I want to I do a podcast. And my ex was like, yeah, you should. I'm like, totally. Who's podcasting? Like, who was doing it at the time? There wasn't that much in Vancouver. Mm. Now you throw a nickel and there's podcast everywhere. I don't know why a nickel and why you would throw it, but (laughs) (laughs) any toodles. Um, So, yeah, and I was like, I'm going to start off and it's going to be about fitness and the fitness influencers and what makes them tick and why are they so good? Because fitness is so big in Vancouver. And then I had first couple episodes. I'm like, this is not about fitness whatsoever. This is about people being able to share their stories and give them a platform. And it just naturally evolved from there. Um, It can be cheap. Like to start off, all you need is a microphone. You don't like, do you even need need a receiver? No. Do we love receivers and like technology? Carl and I are nerds. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I think there was something so beautiful about using YouTube to try and figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. and have like that passion project just for myself. Am I making money off of it? Obviously not. You know, you and I've talked about our numbers and they're not like where we want them to be, but are we having fun? It's, um, it's, well, it's been way more than fun for me. It's been educational. It's like, like been the best networking tool I've ever had. Yeah. And I get to meet and chat with really cool people. And one thing Brad said about podcasting actually, which I had never really thought about, but made so much sense. And now I think about it all the time is there's something about having a mic in front of you that like allows you to connect on a way different level than meeting at a bar or something. Totally. Well, first of all, if you met me at a bar, I'd be like, Denny, or- I'm not serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. <Yeah. laughs> no, just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's been my experience though. Oh, especially with the voice, right? <laughs> and please tell me you'd talk back to me like that. <laughs> now it's your turn to try the voice. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. And like for me, the amount of people who've either come to class or like I've gotten a speaking engagement from this um, and just putting yourself out there in a different way. Like you saying that you were an okay. introvert before. I'm like, excuse me. You know, yeah, I mean, cool people like look at Carl, look at this great friendship you two have had for the past 
14 years. Well, another big pro is that it brought us back together because we were best friends in high school, played provincial team together, went to the same high school, grade 10, 11, 12. We just drifted apart. Yeah, yeah, went away to university. Carl played university basketball, and then we just, like, we would see each other a couple times a year, maybe. Yeah. And now we're seeing each other three times a week. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about each other? Ooh, great question. I know your answer. (laughs) It's 100% his beard. Yeah. (laughs) It's so deadly. Beyond the physical. Sexy. Um, Beyond the physical. He makes me happy. No, that was a joke at the (laughs) birthday party thing. (laughs) Uh, I would say his, honestly, his passion for podcasting is so cool. He's so pumped about just producing content, meeting good people and sharing stories. And he has helped motivate me. He's your account buddy. 100%. And Carl? I think the brutal honesty. Uh-oh. I feel like I no, but it's good because I like I don't know. I see through fake people, I guess, and there's so many out there. Oh my god, hold on! I see through fake people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. I feel like it's super good to surround yourself with people that are just brutally honest, right? Yeah. Like if you're screwing up, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, he'll tell he'll tell you, right? He'll let you know. Yeah. And it's so important because then you just get better that way. And you know you can count like you know you can count on Denny to be that person. And I know it's never going to be personal, and that's number yeah. one too. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was a really good bro moment. We just had. <laughs> that was really nice. I'm very honored that I could be here and share your energy for each other. Thank you for I think we should all take a collective breath together. So empty your lungs. Can you be the zero to hear therapist? Yes. Can you just come on once a week and just connect me and Carl better? Please. <laughs> I want you to look into each other's eyes for 12 minutes of unbroken eye gazing. Let's all take a big breath in. Can we do yoga while we do this? No. And okay. out. <sighs> Straight up, no. <laughs> Straight up, no. Um, what other podcasts, like, obviously, Kenny G or whoever you said, Gary, Gary V. You don't like him? No, I have no idea who he is. Oh, he's like the best entrepreneur. Of, he will be the best entrepreneur of all time. Let me make a little note here. Gary G in the house. No, Gary V. V, v as in Victor. V-E-E. V-E-E-E. His last name is Vaynerchuk, but he goes by Gary V because no one can say his last name. Is he in Vancouver? No, he lives in New York. Yo, what Vancouver podcasts are there? Like, I'm having I a hard time here. I don't, that's why I want to come to your event, because I want to meet more people that do Vancouver podcasts. The only ones that I really know, other than Brad, obviously, because we've connected, are real estate related ones that well, are the Vancouver reels like one of the biggest ones if you look it up on iTunes mm-hmm. I so I knew right away for this event that I wanted Brad to speak because of his involvement in the podcast community like the first like I'm like well what Vancouver mm-hmm. podcasts are there and I'm like Brad seems normal he's got a great like voice I haven't listened to his podcast but his presence is there and he's not a douchebag no and he seems like he's been doing this for a while now that he could bring a different insight to my own. And then I'm like, okay, well then who else is there? So then I started looking around and I realized it's a lot of white women. And there's a lot of us out there podcasting really. and we're all doing the lean forward laugh, playing with our fucking hair. <laughs> just look, just go look. And I'm not saying that like as a bad thing, but I'm like, how many more white women in podcasting in Vancouver do we need to hear from versus Mm -hmm. like I actually want to hear from someone different someone who looks different for me has a different experience different background so that they can round out 
the Vancouver podcast scene. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, I'm like, where are the where are people of color? Where are people who are in different industries than me? Because it seems like everybody's life coach or an entrepreneur or like very similar guests. And I'm like, I I don't know if I want to necessarily hear from someone like me. I want different stories. Mm-hmm. And I want to be an accurate representation of the Vancouver scene, Vancouver community and culture. So I'm having a hard time with that. And like, I want to be fully transparent and be like, hey, like, let's let's connect. Let's build our community. Um, because I remember being like, oh, well, this this bitch has had the same podcast guest as me on. I'm like, well, fuck that shit. Then I'm going to make this podcast even better. And I checked myself because someone, um, Kelly Track, like started following me. And I was like, yes, bitch, fucking follow me. What up now? And I'm like, why are you a psychopath, Ashley? (laughs) One. And two, like, great, follow her back. Why can't, there's enough room for everyone. I release one episode every two weeks. It's an hour to an hour and a half. People are in their car for a lot longer than an hour and a half every two weeks. There's there's room for all the podcasters out there. I listen to like three or four hours a day now. Yeah. Easy. Easy. So like, why was I getting all uptight about it? And now I'm like, no, we should actually be celebrating and bringing everyone together because great, we're going to get different stories out of each person who shares. Mm. And everybody wants to start a podcast, so why be stingy? Like, let's share what we know and let's share our mistakes so people don't go through the same shit. One thing Brad mentioned to me, actually, I really, really enjoyed Brad's conversation. He's a really good guy, so I'm excited that he's speaking. Um, He asked, like, what's the goal with your podcast? And my right away answer was get to a thousand views an episode. And he's like, why is that a number that you care about? Because uh, his point of view was, if you're doing stuff that you think is valuable, slash it's helping you, wh- what do the numbers really mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I care that much about the number, but it's it's a number to me that will... I think there's a lot of awesome people that I'm having on that have a lot of value in their story, so I just want more people to hear it. Yeah. Also, it will help people... I think it will help me get people to say yes when I'm DMing them on Instagram. So like right now my conversion rate of people saying yes is not that great. Really? I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know what great is. I'm just, I've spent a lot of time doing it. I feel like you're taking a lot of shots though. Like you're reaching out to a lot of people. That's correct. Because I want to do, like try to do two or three a week, which is a lot. Which is a lot. But I'd say my conversion rate is like, I don't know, maybe like one in 40, one in 30. Wait, so you ask 40 people and one person will say yes? Yeah. You do realize that has absolutely nothing to do with you. And that's mostly them being like, oh my God, why does he want me on his podcast? I'm not worthy. Also, what is the right, because there's a lot of really cool business women in Greater Vancouver. I always feel, not. Say it. Just say it. There's a slight twitch in my head of being like, I feel like I'm creeping them by sending them a DM. And so a lot of people just don't reply, which is whatever. Maybe Do they see the message? Does it say seen? Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot. <sighs> see, you know, here's the thing. I creeped you. I saw you had a girlfriend. I was like, great, perfect. Not creepy. You, you got pictures with your girlfriend on your profile. So you have to have a girlfriend in order to not be creepy? <laughs> no, no, that sounds wrong. Because then I'm a creep because the amount of times that I message people... 
and guys. So anyway, okay. that's one of the things I'm, it hasn't really stopped me. It stopped me with some people, you know, like basically I just want to, it evolved from me wanting to talk to people that run businesses, chat about their experience, how they got from zero to here was the name of the podcast. Now it's really just like, I want to talk to anyone who has a cool story. So I want to talk yeah. to social media influencers. I want to talk to business people, athletes, podcasters, like restaurant people, anyone that has a cool story or that has a personality really like Everyone has a story. So I'm hoping I haven't failed you so far. No, it's been a lot of fun. Okay, great. Not as Perfect. good as Brad. No, I'm just I'm totally, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You son of a I just bitch. love Brad. Yeah. Brad was really cool. Oh man, because I was listening to his episode on the way over. I was like, yeah. oh fuck, standards high <laughs> oh, now. <God>. Standards <laughs> high. Yeah, I and that was the way that I filter people as well. I've had a few people reach out who want to be on podcast, and I'm like, is this someone whose story I want to hear? Like, do I want to like I want to bring not necessarily like cool people, but I want to be able to elevate people's voices so that they can use this platform as a conduit to get their message across now i'm not going to pull out some of that weird shit at the same time though you have to think about it the other way and respect the courage of them reaching out to you true because a few people have done that to me and my answer is like yeah absolutely and maybe in three years from now when we're doing ten thousand views an episode and we're getting 100 emails a week people want to be on the podcast maybe it changes but like most of the time it's yes why why not different approach i don't know different approach maybe now i feel like an asshole maybe it's just sweet people that have been emailing me maybe maybe i don't know i don't know but like the good thing about doing a podcast is there's no rules you get to decide it's true i think that's a nice thing i never thought i wanted to be like my own quote-unquote business owner and people like oh my god being an entrepreneur is so sexy no it's not it doesn't pay the bills so that was the goal of the podcast was to this line that i always say is like social media glorifies entrepreneurship it's not really that glorious no it's not at all and people are like i love my life i don't have a monday i'm like no i have a monday and some days i don't like it some days i I don't like teaching yeah you you work every (laughs) single day and like this is a decision i've made could i go back to a nine to five maybe does this give me the space to spend time with eden yes Mm -hmm. is it worthwhile then One hundred thousand million percent i can get time with her and be there for like her most formative years brilliant but is it glamorous all the time? Am I going out having rosé midday? I mean, some days, yes, but not every day. Um, you know, I'm in stretchy pants and I often smell like sweat from teaching so much. You know, it's not it's not all fucking Instagram worthy. But I think, so one of the things, if I could go back, I really, mm. I got into Instagram other than just thinking I had to do it for business like a year ago. And if I could go back, I would have started telling the story early because the first year in real estate for a lot of people, it's three years. I was pretty lucky that it was really just one year of like an absolute grind, not glamorous at all, trying to figure out how I could afford to buy Mr. Noodles so I could eat that day. Mm-hmm. And I wish I, if I could go back, I wish I was able to broadcast that a little bit more not so much to be like look what i'm doing to try to succeed more just to be like this is real life this is reality yeah yeah and that's probably what like would draw people towards you as well i just think it's valuable like that for people to understand that like you don't have to be this highly successful person to love what you're doing there 
anyone that is at that level went through this period of shit. Yeah. Whether it's one year, three years, a lot of people, it's a decade building businesses. It's not always pretty. And I think like what I'm seeing right now is that there is such a push towards like be an entrepreneur, no more nine to five, do mm-hmm. your own thing. And I'm seeing a lot of like all white offices mm-hmm. and a lot of all white feeds on your Instagram. And one of my girlfriends, Maggie, shout out Maggie from Grace Club. She's like, nobody wants a perfectly curated feed. That's not real. That's overthought and it's cold. People want to see the real you and people want to know you. That's what will buy them into your brand and your business. Mm -hmm. And another piece of great advice that came from my mom was, yeah, you're not like the first year of business, you're probably not going to make any money. It's going to take at least three years. And I've had friends be like, well, no, I'd like to be successful and be able to be at this number by this time. It's beautiful to have goals and also like enjoy the process, be in the thick, be in the dirt. And so you can be present in this moment and know what it feels like. So it's not always like, and then, and then, and then. Hmm. Carl, I feel like you have a lot to say about like business. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I like listening to you guys. (laughs) I enjoy you being mic'd up today, sir. Yeah? Yeah. What's your favorite part? It just adds a dynamic, right? It does. Um, I appreciate you for how active you are at listening. When you look at me, I feel like you're really listening to the words that I'm saying um, and that what I'm saying makes sense, even though I have no clue if it makes sense or not. But you're just like, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm here. Yeah, You're like a silent (laughs) cheerleader. You're like my hype man, you know, just cheering me on like a dad in the stage stadium. We should should change the introduction to be like producer Carl to hype man Carl. Hype man Carl. A silent hype man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just with a nice little head nod here and there. That's all you need sometimes. Do you think I nod my head too much? No. No? No. You, it's the perfect amount. Wonderful. Yes. You do not nod your head enough, dear I sir, don't... Danny. No, you're a stone cold fucking... I'm listening. No, this is you. <laughs> I'm listening. And in an awkward silence. Who are you to judge the way I listen? I, I am nobody. So, fuck you then. <laughs> I don't care. I, don't I feel know. like I'm quite engaging. You are. Sometimes I listen to what you're I, I, I don't want to explore a few ideas and I go that way. When you think, your face is stone cold killer. No, odd more? No, because your eyes are dead. Yeah, you have intense eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so your eyes look dead and you're thinking, but you don't have a think face. I think a lot. So your face is like this, but I know that that rabbit is on the wheel. I don't know what I'm like conscious about what I'm looking like. Right well, now. maybe I should hold up a mirror here. And so it's this and then out of nowhere comes a question. And I was like, was that related to this or not? I don't know. Is he going to acknowledge mm. that? I don't know. Where's he, where's he going to go? Keep you down your toes. Yeah. All right. I need to work on my think face. It's I'm okay. I do just this. Just look in the mirror all night. I do this a lot. I go, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you put your podcast on YouTube? I just started. So YouTube is the second most used search engine behind Google. Yep. Mm-hmm. Joe, I think Joe Rogan shit. said that recently. Yeah. Um, that's exactly where I heard it from. Okay. <laughs> he said, he said, started. <laughs> he said he makes 50% of his money off YouTube. Is that insane? Which is crazy. My top video so far is at 10 views. Ooh. So if you're interested, shout out to myself, YouTube, look up Kilter and Mint. Woo. <laughs> It'll be in the notes. Great. What great. are the chances we get to Joe Rogan's podcast views level? 
I'd, you know what? I think if we keep on using that SEO and target Vancouverites, mm. there's something there. I like that. There's something there. Also, have you been able to figure out if, obviously you're on iTunes. Correct. You know, when you type in your, I feel like I should be looking at Crawl for this. Um, through your host platform, you know when it says you can enter search words? Yes. I wonder how much of those search words actually drive traffic or if it's from other pieces because I haven't been able to correlate that. I think those search words are pretty important. Because I've, I've, been, I've been going like, I've been using Google Trends yeah. to look up and see like what's the hot searches right now mm-hmm. and I've started plugging those in. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's good. I haven't seen any changes yet. No, nothing, eh? Nothing. What are some of the things you've plugged in? Um, God, what was uh, Justin Trudeau? Okay, that was a hot one. Um, I don't even know you guys. Florida, about. just Florida as a general thing was a hot one. Right. Um, I've been using like trying to do more Vancouverite focused mm-hmm. ones. Um, Is this yeah. like an equivalent to a hashtag? Kind of. Yeah. 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 Search engine optimization. You can also use it on YouTube. I know what YouTube. SEO is. Oh, I I'm, you were talking I'm sorry. On the where you post the podcast, it's, it all, it's all the same thing. Because oh. it'll all connect to iTunes Connect or Podcast mm-hmm. Connect, pardon me, but then we don't so have to upload it. So where are you putting it. these words? Podiant. <clears throat> and then some podcast. Where you post them. Yes. Hmm. Like in podcast notes or in the back end? No, like actually when you're uploading it, it asks so you. So people you have to don't fill it see out. that anywhere? No. I don't think so. No, oh. no, they don't. I'd be kind of embarrassed with some of them that I've used. Justin, <laughs> me too. Just cheap plugs. Has nothing to do with the episode. No. <laughs> Fucking Justin Trudeau. Cannabis. I don't even talk about cannabis. I'm trying to get someone on. I think that'd be super interesting. Oh, so Emma Andrews? Yeah. Outstanding. I think you had one recently, right? Yeah. So I had her back in October, I want to say. Yeah. Outstanding speaker. She's a cannabis consultant and she works with a lot of very big organizations. Um, Just incredibly well-spoken. She's got a story to share. Well-connected in the cannabis industry. Her husband also is in the cannabis um, business. Um, They both used to work for Vega, so very much like Vancouverites. Um, I would listen to her speak for days. So tell me, Mm. who would you want as a guest? If you could have anyone. Gary Vee. Okay, that was easy. Give me another one. Give me another one. Pete Carroll. Who's that? He's the Seahawks head coach. Okay, who else? Ryan Serhant. I know that name. Oh, from the Vancouver or real estate, New He's York. New York. Yeah. Number one realtor in New York. He sold a billion dollars of real estate in 2017. Yeah. That is a lot of real estate. It's a lot of real estate. Brooklyn, man. It's a place to be. I love Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He just had a kid, daughter. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that on the episode? No, was she pregnant uh, on the last episode? No, they just bought their place in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg. Follow on Instagram, so I'm like up to date on what he's up to. Cool. cool. What are the goals for your podcast? Um, I My goal is to hit 15,000 downloads this year. Nice. Simplecast rolled out their 2.0 plan, so all my numbers look really low compared to what they used to be, so it's only going by individuals, not per device which made like screwed up my numbers. I used to have a big following in Japan and now suddenly they're no longer there. Do you know what that means? Okay, I don't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my goal is to hit 15,000 downloads um, this year. I want to have this podcast event and bring together Vancouver's podcast community. Totally. Um, My goal is to release an episode once every two weeks, which 
Uh, I'm a one woman show. So to be able to record, edit, upload, I do my show notes and I also write a bio on every person that I have on. So it makes it really personal Mm -hmm. and it's also very time consuming. Totally. Uh, How much time would you say we spend on each episode taping and editing? Um, like six like between or eight audio hours. editing the clips, the transcribing, and the YouTube stuff, maybe like four to five hours an episode. Plus the time that you're here. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so seven or eight hours. Yeah. Can I ask a personal question? To me or Carl? Do you pay Carl? Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. No, he just gets a free beer every time he comes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe this is like your quality time together. I don't know. Um, yeah, I told him I'd only let too. him do it if he. Good. I told him he could let me start and like help me with the first three. Okay. But he was more or as excited about it as I was. So I'm like, hey, you have to just stay here. Yeah. Good. He's currently building a podcast studio <gasps> in the basement of where he lives. This is real life. So Carl, people like, I think you two are going to be onto something by doing your how to's and your tutorials. <laughs> And you could also rent out that space. Like the only places that you can rent out podcast spaces, Kelly and Kelly in Vancouver, Vancouver Public Library. Yeah, that's two places. There's not many. Yeah. No. And then if you go in there and you go Vancouver Public Library, you just have the space. Do they have equipment? They do. But do you so know So that's how the other to... thing is like, it's not like, it's not super expensive to start, but to get like good quality stuff is expensive. Yeah. And the quality of the sound is just so different. Well, and it's like the same thing why you and I talked about like why recording in person is so much more personable 100%. and the quality is way better, way better. And you create like just more of a, more of a bond. hundred percent. So and yeah. you can comment on my ugly think face. <laughs> I didn't say ugly. I said stone cold killer. I didn't say that, but I'm going to say that now. I would prefer to be ugly than a killer, to be honest. I'd rather be a killer. Really? Yeah. Also speaking of killer, Robert Picton podcast. Did you listen to that one? No. True crime, so good. Was it so good? Poco represent. <laughs> I grew up in Poco. Did you? Yeah. I grew what up in do, what do you call Poco? I call it Poco. Do you? Other people call it Pocompton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about language for a second. Can we just say never say tribe? Tribe. Yes. Okay. You get it? Do you get why? It's a big thing right now. Because people are like, oh my god, your vibe attracts your tribe. It's cultural. Never heard cult- that before. Okay, great, perfect. It's cultural appropriation. Oh god. Who are we as white people to be saying that we have tribes? I am I t- Austrian. I try to stay away from that stuff. Okay, right. <laughs> and then another one someone said was long, um, long time no see. Apparently, is also like a derogatory sentence, so you shouldn't be saying that either. Because it's like pigeon English or broken English. And people used to say it to make fun of like people back in the day. And I was like, damn, I really have to start thinking about like how I speak. But then at a certain point, you're just going to have a list of words in front of you that you can't say. And you're just going to be have to tiptoeing about your conversations with everyone. And how can it be discriminatory if you have no idea that it's discriminatory? No, but now <laughs> like, I feel like it's... Like that. Well, because now I feel like because I have a platform, I have to educate and like be a stand for it. You know? But, like, but at the same time... Can you be the voice that is just like, okay, guys, this is getting ridiculous? I th- think so, but I don't think we're at a point where it's ridiculous yet. Long time no see is inappropriate? Yeah. Well, I mean... I know. 
the most popular on the podcast in the world is Joe Rogan and some of the stuff that they talk about fuck, is yeah. actually crazy. Oh my god, the right? stuff he talks about is yes. Yes. Also, can we talk about when he had Macaulay Culkin on? Ooh. That was weird. That was so awful. It was so bad. Don't listen to it. Don't? No. Macaulay Macaulay Culkin started saying, it's okay for me to make racist Asian jokes because my girlfriend's Asian. Yeah, and Joe Rogan was like, not a good uh, way for people no, to like you. have to justify it like that, then it's not going to work. And, and Joe Rogan was like, uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I can say whatever I want. And Joe's like, <laughs> no. Any toodles? I don't know. What else you got for I me? I think some of it's ridiculous. Uh, I think you got to get running. Here we <gasps> go. It's already 7.30? 7.25, yeah. Holy cow. You gotta go. Why yeah, don't we're you doing great. quickly shoot out your social media where people can find you if they want to hear fart jokes and get yes, touched yes. appropriately. I will t- touch you in a non-creepy way. <laughs> so you can find the philosophy at the dot philosophy on Instagram. You can find me kilter and mint, all one word on Instagram. You can find me a-S-H-B-L-U-Z That's Ash Blues I used to be A-S-H-B-L-Z And someone's like Ash Balls I'm like ooh <laughs> No that's Ash Blues So it's Ash Blues On Instagram uh, Killtournament.com Thephilosophy.com I teach Philosophy Every Sunday 10am At the Garden Strathcona Have you been? Space is outrageous It's perfect Come check it out um, And then we're having Our Podcasters Connect event Thursday, April 18th, 7 p.m. Also my favorite space at the Garden Strathcona. We're pumped. And, and guess excited. what? I'm going to serve burgers. And not just any burgers, but McDonald's burgers. Individually wrapped. Interesting. And there's going to be beer. And I'm going to have ribbons for everyone because we're all number one. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm like, what's something that I would want? I'm like, I'd like to be recognized for how amazing I am. So Can you do me a favor? Uh, Can you get me an eighth place ribbon? Sure, just for you. Thank you. Special price. Um, see, even special price. Is that a cultural appropriation? Who knows? Uh, so that event, Garden Strathcona, is to bring together Vancouver podcasters. If you're interested in podcasting, if you want to start a podcast, if you have a podcast, fucking come on out. Fuck the judgment. Let's all build our community. Um, and then also we'll do special shout out to Denny and Carl's because they're going to be launching your own how-to. So maybe you guys can even get up and speak. It's going to be super interactive so we can just you know all what? get I'm to know each other. excited about actually? What? I'm excited about learning how to start a podcast. Because I have no idea. Oh, God. Carl does it all, right? Carl, yeah. I, this is the best part. I love this so much. And if I could do it every day, I would. If Carl could do it every day, maybe we'll talk about that. <laughs> but I just show up and talk. You've it's got amazing. a good, you've got a good gig, my friend. Amazing, I love it. Thank you so much for having me on podcast. Thank I'm you so much for I coming. can't believe I rambled for two hours. Hey, that's good. That's the best. Are you gonna, you, like I'm assuming minutes. you're going to cut that because no one's going to no, listen for two hours. I don't cut anything. You don't? Me neither. No, full fat baby. We're going Joe Rogan tonight. We did. <laughs> wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. That was fun. What? I'm excited about the event, April 18th. Yes. Super pumped. Can't wait to see you both there. I'm trying to get a few people that I know to come with me. Cool. I know some people in the craft beer industry that are starting a craft beer podcast. Perfect. Good. Maybe they'll help you out with the beer. Ooh. I'll, I'll connect you. 
Money, money, money. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to hear feedback. Any.duma. Good night.